Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain... Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Essential Recipes podcast with me, Miriam Nice. Each week I'll be joined down the line by a different member of the cookery team and we'll be answering your questions and talking about how we're getting on in our kitchens during this really difficult time. So please do join me, find us on Spotify, iTunes or Acast or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to never miss an episode. We did this recording at home, so sometimes the audio quality might not be what we'd expect in the studio. This week, I'm really pleased I've got food editor Lulu Grimes joining me again today. Welcome back, Lulu. Hello. Nice to be back. Um, Oh, great. And uh, we're going to be answering some of your questions on this week's topic, which is freezer finds. Um, But before we get to that, how how are you? How's things? I'm I'm fine. Um, I can't even remember what day of the week it is, let alone what week it is. But uh, yeah, it's all good. Thank you. Yeah, and what have you been doing this week? I have, oh, what have I been doing? It's a very good question. I've been um, making bread because um, that's become a thing with me at the moment. Um, and I've been spending an inordinate amount of time trying to buy food online uh, because shopping seems to take about 64 days now rather than half an hour. And <laughs> and that, yes, that kind of thing. Organisation is taking more organising. And how's that been going, like the, the shopping? Have you been able to get what you've wanted or? Uh, well, there's still the great flower, uh, you know, shortage throughout the land. Um, it's really weird, actually, because I am not getting a supermarket shop um, because I can't get one at the moment. And I'm ordering and I'm not going out. So I'm ordering a lot of stuff um, 
in um, every time I do an order I can get a certain amount of stuff but then I can't get other things so I end up with sort of deliveries coming left right and center and then I end up with sort of four lots of milk because each one of them has milk in it and then I'm, I either have no eggs or 64 eggs and yeah. um, and I, I ran out of sugar and then I couldn't find sugar from anywhere um, and in the end I had to venture out to the shops to buy some sugar because I wanted to do some baking but yeah it's all very odd yeah, so confusing and, and difficult. And I know exactly what you mean about having nothing and then having loads. Like we sort of had no eggs for ages and then suddenly had sort of 12 or, you know, 15 or so. You know, it's been a, it's it's really bizarre. Um, and I've, yeah. all, I've also become like the fridge and freezer police and my family hate, absolutely hate me because <laughs> I keep coming in and going, what are you eating? Why are you eating that? I had that earmark for something else. Put that cheese back. <laughs> I've been quite similar, like checking, making sure. So if we've had like sausages and bacon, then being quite like, oh, don't put them both in the ragu, just put one in because then we might need that for something else. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I, know, I know what you mean. And there's only two of us, so I know exactly what you mean. I know. I'm like, where, um, who's eating all that? Where did it go? And then, and then someone else goes, but but we haven't had any for weeks. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Sorry. My fault. <laughs> I am literally guarding four sticks of celery at the moment. <laughs> what are they earmarked for? Do you they're know they're, earmarked, plans they're for earmarked for the base of a stew. But, you know, come lunchtime and someone goes, oh, I fancy some celery. I'm like, put that back. <laughs> <laughs> celery police. Yes, I am the celery police. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, and you said you've been, um, so our topic today is about freezer finds. And you said you've been organising. Have you been Have you been organising the freezer? I have been organising the freezer. So I got a meat delivery, which comes came in very neat, sort of vac pack um, parcels. So I've, I took everything out of one drawer and then I stood them up in a little row like books so I can see, see what they are. Um, and then I had to pack everything else around it. But I found some um, from the feature that um, we used to do in the magazine where we'd go to a restaurant and have some... Um, take some recipes from a chef and I quite often tested those at home before they went into the test kitchen because um the recipe needs a sorting out I keep finding this little parcels of things that I wouldn't normally make so I found some really nice shallot puree and then I found a leek fondant which is basically leeks and butter and cream and then I found um some filling for some dumplings all kinds of things sort of little parcels so I've been kind of working my way through those nobody actually knows what they're eating in this house they're just getting things repurposed in another way those are those are some pretty fantastic finds though I think I know I've got one box of Tupperware with random assortment of Christmas dinner leftovers that I'm I'm thinking about doing something with but those are those are some gems that you've got there that's that's great I've eaten my way through the turkey we've done that already (laughs) yeah that was that was that came out as um chicken um because i hadn't quite realized what it was and then uh, yeah that went into a pie and then a pasta sauce and then uh, i can't remember something else as well yeah the turkey's gone the stuffing's gone um what else did i find in there and then i keep finding like really small amounts of vegetables that i've been stupid enough to put away rather than just using them all up you know like two tablespoons of sweet corn in the bottom of the bag or you know the odd bit of i tell you what i've also got loads and loads of frozen tomatoes because when tomatoes go a bit squashy if you just stick them all in a bag and chuck them in the freezer then when you defrost them again you can sort of pulp pulp them down and um 
then sieve out a sort of really nice, really cl- uh, clear tomatoey liquid, which is brilliant in the summer for sort of putting in gazpacho and things like that. So I keep finding bags like that that I've obviously meant to do something with possibly two years ago, but haven't yet. It works with strawberries as well, actually, if you've got slightly smushy strawberries. If you chop them up in the freezer, then when you take them out again, the you know, they've gone weirdly flobby like strawberries do when you put them in the freezer but then all the liquids come out of them so then you squash them against the sieve you get this really really strong strawberry liquid that's really my mum used to do something similar because she used to grow a lot of it still does grow a lot of wild strawberries and then makes like an ice cream with that and I think she would do that with a by freezing them in batches like when she harvested them and then when she had enough she'd turn it into this this really good ice cream similar kind of process but oh that's really good um I've got some I've got a few questions here that mm-hmm. come through about freezing. Um, one says, um, I have some peppers and I've read online you can chop them up and put them on a baking tray to freeze, but I don't have any room. Is there any way to stop them sticking? Um, you really do need to freeze them apart to stop them sticking. There isn't really any other way, but you don't need to put a whole baking tray in the freezer. You could just squash down everything in your freezer and put, um, you know, the lid of a Tupperware or something like that with a few slices on it and they start freezing quite fast once they've started freezing then you can tip them in somewhere together because they won't then stick so yeah you could do it in sort of batches and then keep adding them to the bag and that would be the best thing and you know sliced pepper is going to be all right hanging around for a bit outside yeah I think you could put I mean you could put them in the fridge or, or something if you're doing it overnight I yeah that would be yeah but you know fine. you don't even need to freeze overnight to get them going you know if your freezer's working properly it won't actually take that long if you've just cut them into strips to start them into the freezing process so they won't stick together yeah and that you could do that i've seen a video we've got one on on bbcgoodfood.com about freezing fruit and it's the same process that sort of what they call it open freezing that's right so you yeah. put it on a tray yeah and then decant it into a bag i do the same thing with um um ice cubes because i don't i want to make sure because i'm making a lot of cocktails and a lot of cocktail videos i want to make sure that we've got a lot of ice in so every time i freeze a, a tray i just put it into a freezer bag and then i've always got a big bag going so it just means they don't stick together yeah i do that with ice right. cubes as well it's quite it's quite a good thing to do you can never have too much ice absolutely not and then this one sort of the other way around so they're saying they've got frozen chilies can you use them raw so like can they use them in a salad or something well, when you freeze something, the water in the cells expands, so it breaks the cells. So that's why some things freeze better than others, and that's why cooked food tends to freeze better than raw food. Um, so they might be a bit mushy is the answer. So rather than put them whole in the salad, I'd probably whiz them into the dressing or something, and then that would work. Or, or, or chop them up really fine um, to make a salsa or something. It's if you've got big pieces that they probably wouldn't be quite so nice because they 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 would go floppy basically. It's a good idea. I don't tend to use my freezer in that you know so often. I think I, at the moment I've just filled it full of frozen peas um, for when I can't get too many green vegetables, and I just don't use it as much as I should. But a lot of these um, questions and ideas, I think people do use them a lot. I think maybe people are a lot more organised than I am. Well, it depends. If I mean, I think at the moment, because you're never quite sure of your food supply, um, it's like if you get veg boxes. So I get a veg box and I don't know what's going to come in that veg box. I mean, I sort of roughly know. But if I get loads of onions, then I will chop the onions up and put them in the freezer because, you know, you can't guarantee that they'll last forever and ever. And it's the same with if I've got lots of carrot and celery and onion, then I'll chop it all really finely and put it all in together. 
um, and then I can get batches out and that's the start of a stew or a ragu or soup or whatever else and it's all in one bag and I just have to tip it into the pot and you don't have to defrost it first because it you know it's chopped up finely so the heat of the pot will defrost it really quickly and because you're cooking it you're not going to feel that texture change because you're going to want to soften those those vegetables anyway so you're not going to feel that it's been you're not going to notice it's been frozen no no it sort of gets it on its way as well yeah so I find that really useful um and there's a few other things that you know if they come in and I think oh you know that's just not going to last either out of the fridge or in the fridge until I can get to use it I will try and freeze it if I can um what aubergine recipes can I make and freeze I have loads I wish I had loads of aubergines (laughs) so do I it's my favorite vegetable um I um would fry them fry the slices um so they're really cooked through to the you know almost to the point you want them cooked through and then freeze the slices like that because then you should be able to defrost them and because you've cooked the aubergine through you won't have that problem with the um the ice breaking the cells down um and then you can layer them into masaka or you know put them in a dish with cheese on top or whatever it is you want to do with them um or you could chop them up you know, into cubes and fry them like that. But, but I would fl- fry them and cook them all the way through before freezing them. I think that's much better as well because so many recipes will start with, you know, if you're doing moussaka or anything, like you, you'll start with frying the aubergines and then using, then layering them with something else. So by doing that, you, you're not committing yourself to something and then freezing it. Then you, you're making that shortcut for you. Um, and then you can make the decision when it's, when you come to it, I think that's really good. Yeah, um, yeah, and also one of the things I think so people who don't like aubergine quite often have had it really badly cooked, and you need to cook it through properly. You need that so the flesh in the middle when you cut it in slices and fry it, or cut it in cubes and fry it, it kind of almost goes sort of like fudgy in texture. You know, it absorbs the oil and it cooks through, and it's absolutely delicious. But there's nothing worse than a sort of badly cooked bit of aubergine which basically is chewy bouncy and you know doesn't uh, taste it's of like anything. a hot sponge or something yeah. it's like a hot watery it's sponge. horrible horrible <laughs> it's so funny it's like it's one of my favorites as well and it's just you're right like if it's badly then it, if it's cooked badly then it's just not it's awful but if it's cooked well the same because I, I think we both feel the same about okra yes yeah. you know, okra is delicious yeah. but so many times you have it and it's not it's, it's slimy nice. yes yeah yeah, yeah. How do you make it not slimy or do you just not Oh, mind? no, but you can't. I mean, the point of okra is it's slimy in a way. So if you don't want it slimy, then you want to not cut, you know, the fewer cuts you make into it, the better, because it's got a substance inside, which has one of my favourite words, mucilaginous, um, and it's sticky. And, that, <laughs> and in some areas and some cuisines, it's prized for its stickiness. So I remember years and years ago, I was randomly in curacao and um they have okra stews there and the whole point of it is you lift a sort of a spoonful of this stew up and you can see the stickiness sort of like the strings falling away from it um which is you know some people's idea of absolute hell you know there's other cuisines where that is is sort of a, pr- a prized um texture and then you know other parts yeah. of the world you know it might be really crisply fried but yeah if you leave it whole and fry it it's going to be less sticky than if you chop it up but then if you keep cooking then you cook out you know particularly if you fry rather than stew then um, you'll cook out that stickiness and you'll end up with you know a really nice crunchy bit of okra oh great oh i want okra now these the every week i get hungry doing these <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is nearly lunchtime. 
in our it world. Is. I always, yeah, <laughs> I, do, I always record them at lunchtime and then think, why do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this person's got uh, so much three-cornered leak. Th- sorry, this person's got so much three-cornered leak in their garden. How can they store it in the freezer? I'm wondering if this is Anna Glover because Anna Glover is overrun with three-cornered leak, but it may be somebody else. I don't know. It could be. Um, well, you'd have to, I mean, again, it's one of those things, it's not going to freeze very well, is it? So you're going to have to make it into a pesto first or, you know, puree it and freeze it in batches, something like that. And then you can use it, you know, unfrozen and stir it into soups and stews or pasta sauces or whatever. Yeah, it's a good little, um, we spoke to, I spoke to Esther last week and she was sort of saying with um, things like wild garlic, just if you can use it like almost like a little stock cube, which I thought was a great idea, just having a cube of it that you can just pop in into the dish, which, because it is really strong, a lot of those. Yeah, so so three cornered leek, you won't have come across, I mean, people won't have come across it unless they've found it sort of, you know, in their garden or, you know, when they've been out on walks and things like that. It's not, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen three-cornered leek for sale, um, commer- well, you know, to the public. I've seen it sort of for restaurants. Um, and wild garlic you can buy, you know, in farmer's markets and things like that. But it's sort of the end of the season now, isn't it? And these questions are all coming in from our Instagram live sessions, which we're doing every weekday uh, for half an hour at about 12.30. And that's two members of the team just chatting and answering questions as they come in. Um, have you you've been doing some of these and how have you found them, Lulu, at the moment? What kind of questions you've been asked? Um, I Yeah, they've been good. I mean, they've, they've, the type of question coming in seems to have changed a bit because the difference in food supply has changed a bit. So we're still getting still getting questions about, you know, baking quite a lot. People seem to be baking, but then, you know, other people can't find flour. So there's been quite a lot of chat about, you know, what you can use instead of flour and recipes we've got on the <clears throat> on bbcgoodfood.com for sort of flourless cakes and things like that. Um, still people have finding random tins of things in their cupboard and not sure what to do with them. So we've done a bit of that. And then um you know, gluts that people might have because they've had to order a fish box or something. So they might then ask, you know, what to do with, I don't know, they've got three fillets of this or a whole one of that and and questions like that as well. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Yeah, it's a really nice way of like understanding what people have got, but also just knowing that we're going through the same thing as well, which is, you know, you think that you're the only person that can't get flour and then you realise that, you know, (laughs) half the UK can't and we're all kind of muddling through, which is... Yeah, can be quite reassuring. I know. I'm just writing a guide at the moment of places to look for flour to go up on the um, on the website. Um, and in all of them, I have to keep saying, well, this this mill has flour, but you've got to go on in the morning and have a look. And then when they run out, then they've run out. But, you know, you can actually yeah. order things, but you just need to spend a bit of time looking. And you might have to buy four kilos rather than one kilo. And also, if you go to a corner shop particularly if you've got a corner shop that might be buying from somewhere else. So I know that um, Keith managed to get Polish branded flour. I mean, 
you know, flour, flour from Poland because that's where stuff is coming into, into some of the shops around him. I can buy stuff that's coming from Turkey around me. So it just also depends where you are and what what the supply chains are coming into that area are. It's the same when everyone ran out of pasta at the beginning. All the little shops around me still had pasta, but it wasn't the Italian brands of pasta that you were used to seeing. It was Turkish brands of pasta. And what freezer finds have you made? This is actually not my question. This has come in from, from somebody asking what's in your freezer, but you've found those wonderful things from, from testing restaurant recipes. Is there anything else you found? Um, what else have I found in my... I found a supply of mochi I'd always obviously bought at one point and then thought, oh, that'll make a nice pudding um, and hadn't eaten. Um, I have also found quite a lot of egg whites, which I buried somewhere. Um, how much is quite a lot I don't know that's the problem because I'm so bad at (laughs) labeling things but I reckon it's enough enough to make a decent pavlova let's say oh great um I found some some bags of frozen custard uh so obviously I've made a batch of creme anglaise or something at some point and I've put put it all in little bags so they're like portions um and what else and oh yeah I found um uh some subrasada so if it's a a sausage and I found um quite a lot of um sliced salami (laughs) oh which is very lucky because I'm testing a pizza oven this week (laughs) oh perfect oh that's worked out well but I think I've got some I've got a lot of ice and I've got a tub of custard and I said some Christmas leftovers and some peas um and oh and I had to test some um I had to test some drinks recipes and I needed frozen black currants and I couldn't get them at the time so I had lots of um frozen red berries where I've picked all the black currants out so it's just sort of a mixture of red currants and raspberries which I'm sort of putting into various sort of compots and things yeah oh yes that's the that's the old uh, recipe testing trick isn't it you can't get what you want when you want because you're so far ahead of the seasonal calendar and then you end up having to buy mixed bags of things and pick bits out I remember picking pink yeah. peppercorns out of a mixed bag of pepper Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's oh, no like you need ages. two tablespoons. That takes quite a long time. <laughs> yes, yes. I think I, I've done something similar in the test kitchen where we needed a spice and we couldn't get it and hadn't got it, and we were filming that day or something. I had to sieve a spice mix because <laughs> the thing that I needed was quite small. Um, but yeah, those those boxes of frozen fruit, sort of, I'm using them. But I think they occasionally make me a bit angry because I can just remember having to pick out all of these. <laughs> All of these little black roots and black currants. So yeah, yeah, I'll pick them up later. You can make a summer pudding <laughs> with the rest of it. Oh yeah, I could if I could get bread. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make some. <laughs> that brings me on to uh, one of our lists of things that we found. So there's a lot of people who can't get things, and on the other side of it, have got loads of something. So. Uh, this week, people can't get, like I've, as I've said, bread. So what would you suggest they use if they're struggling to get bread? What, in what context? I mean, in, I don't know. <laughs> sort of um, loose people searching, I've not got bread or, or, you know, what can I use instead of bread? I'm guessing for sort of sandwiches or breakfast or, or to go with a soup or something. Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because um, some people can live very happily without bread and other people really get desperate when they haven't got bread so you have to kind of turn your mind to another I suppose to another cuisine really don't you so you know breakfast 
well, you know, you have to rely on cereals and things like that. Or you can just say, I'm sorry, I haven't got any bread. I'm going to have cooked breakfast every day. Lucky me. Um, or, <laughs> you know, or porridge if you prefer, but you know, I'd go cook breakfast myself. Um, and then lunch, you know, again, I just think this is the extraordinary time. Why, why shouldn't you eat your dinner at lunchtime? You know, you don't need a sandwich for lunch necessarily. If you want pasta at lunchtime, have pasta. You know, if you want pie at lunchtime, have pie. Um, and eat something else in the evening. I just, yeah, yeah. I think I think that, you know, eat the other things that you like to eat. I mean, have pudding three times a day if you like. <laughs> I love that, actually. Well, Anna, Anna Glover said she has pudding, um, a breakfast pudding. So um, I think, yeah, I love this attitude. I yeah. know. If uh, you can't get bread, have a fry up. That's <laughs> Yeah, or, make, or, you know, if you've got polenta, make some cornbread because that's really yeah. nice and you can eat that with lots of different things. Um, you know, you could make, um, well, I, I I go through phases of not eating much bread at all. I mean, I really like rice, so I'm happy to eat rice with things on it three times a day. Um, or you can, if you've got leftover pasta, you can make one of those pasta frittatas or something and cut it into wedges and have that for lunch. And then you've got a bit of carbohydrate in there as well. And I've got masses and masses of potatoes at the moment. So I'm making potato cakes quite often because, you know, mm. I like potato cakes. And then you can have that with a bit of bacon on top or a bit of cheese on top or whatever else. Don't need bread. No, make yourself hash brown or something. That sounds delightful. Yeah, I've been making a lot of, um, and I noticed people have been commenting when I do, like making sort of flatbreads and things yeah. like that, just with a little flour. And I just, I don't really, we've got lots of recipes and I think there's one on bbsgafood.com that's your recipe, which is a mixture of self-raising and wholemeal to make it, um, which I think is really lovely. Um, I often don't use, because I make them so, so much, I often don't use a recipe. I just put the flour in a bowl and then just add water until it's the consistency that I feel I can roll out and then just, toast it in a dry pan um but there's loads of really nice recipes there's naan bread recipes and um or even like pancakes um that you can you can use instead and they're they're just really nice and that was a nice thing we had for brunch was just little flatbreads um for a brunch because you can put eggs and bacon on those as well yeah i suppose it depends whether you've got bread and you've also not well not got bread and not got flour in which case you have to work towards other things if you've got flour then you can make yourself bread as you say flatbreads or soda bread or quick things like that we can make crackers quite easily as well um there's some recipes for those on the website too so if you've got flour then you can you know make yourself some approximation of bread but if you haven't got bread or flour then you're gonna have to move into other carbohydrates yeah have some more potatoes (laughs) all right and what if you've got loads of rhubarb well if you're sick to death of eating it if you've got really really loads and loads then um you could make some uh rhubarb gin couldn't you or rhubarb vodka and then you could just you know put your rhubarb and some sugar if you want a sort of more liqueur one and then cover it with um vodka or gin and then just sit and watch it for a bit because it's such a pretty color and then you'll have something to drink in a few months time um you can chop it up and roast it and then freeze it in batches for when you don't have any rhubarb um and you can eat it in so many different things there's a nice rhubarb streusel cake i think and then there's rhubarb crumble and you could make rhubarb pickles and rhubarb jam um no one in my house likes rhubarb except me so um, (laughs) i eat quite a lot of rhubarb i love it i like it in um savory dishes as well like i really like it with mackerel 
Um, if you can get that, just like you know, slightly like lightly stewed with some orange and um, spices like star anise or something, and then just having it with with fish or with pork as well, it's really nice. Yeah, I mean, you can if you've got young fresh rhubarb, you can actually eat it very thinly sliced raw. One thing you have to uh, we have to say about rhubarb is you must not eat the leaves or that yeah. or even that part that sort of goes up into the leaf at all. Yeah, really toxic. Really, really toxic. Yeah, last time we spoke, you suggested people have a go at making sourdough. Is there anything this week that you would suggest people have a go at if they want to learn something new? Um, let's have a think. I think if you've got, well, if you, if like me, you've got veg, veg boxes coming in and you've got too much of something, I'd have a look at something you've got too much of. So I had um, 15 onions. And when, when I say onions, these things were massive, um, which had come in, in various um, veg boxes. So if you've never tried frying onions properly, and when I mean properly, I mean for a really long time. So I sliced um I think it must have been eight of these really big, what I used to call Spanish onions, the really massive ones up. So that filled a really big saucepan. And I put loads of olive oil in and a bit of butter. And then I cooked that onion for about an hour and a half. So it had really, really stewed down slowly into um, a fantastic sort of oniony puree. And then I turned the heat up a bit to get a bit of colour on it. But you could try doing things like that that you might not necessarily have had time to do before. Um, because if you want to make a really good onion tart or something, you need quite a lot of sliced onion cooked down properly to make a really sort of sweet oniony tart. Um, and you need the time to do it. Yeah. And we've got it. We've got we've got a bit of extra time. <laughs> Claiming back all that commuting time, we can we can really perfect something. I think that's that's a really good shout. Um, and often I really like the fact that you're saying things like chopping up the onions and putting them in the freezer or um, or getting those onions prepped because it's just going to make any other dish you make so much faster. Um, and you can be so much more creative because you've just got rid of that that first step. Yeah, I'm just like, I, I, I've got beetroot coming out of my ears as well because I'm the only person that eats that. Um, you know, and when you get mixed veg boxes, you tend to get something like that in them as well. So I put them all scrub them and then put them all in inside a big Le Creuset pan and then just put them in the oven and sort of baked a lot of them all together yeah. for quite a long time and again so they've gone really nice and soft and sweet and then peeled them and chopped them up and then frozen bits in batches and then put some in the fridge as well and I, I quite often whiz that so um in a processor with hummus so I end up with beetroot hummus because I quite like that oh lovely and it's such a really fun colour, like it's just such a cheery, you know, magenta when you do that. It is, and because everyone else hates it, they'll, they, you know, they spot the colour and they know to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> All for you. <laughs> what else are you going to do with the rest of the beetroot you've frozen? You've got any ideas? I'm going to make some curry with it, actually. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah. So um, a food writer I know called Rupa Galati's just sent me a copy of her new um indian vegetarian book and that, that looks like it's got a very nice beetroot curry in it so i'm going to try that oh that sounds good okay i'm just going to nip back to some of these questions then so this person's got lots of frozen peas i, I promise you Lou, this isn't me this is a question that came in i've got lots of frozen peas what can i make i hate pea soup and mushy peas oh well i would make them into a really amazing um tart like a, a pea quiche um, because I think that that's really nice and you can put a bit of mint in it or you can put some feta in it in fact pea and, pea and feta tart is really great 
Um, oh, that sounds good. I, I, I like peas with pasta. I mean, you know, I'm quite happy to eat pasta with butter and peas and loads of parmesan and black pepper. That to me is a really yeah. nice dinner. But you've got to have a lot of peas though, you know, not just a small yeah. sprinkling. This is a chance to get through quite a lot of them. Yeah. Um, what else can you do with peas? You can make, well, going back to the potato cakes, you could make pea um, and potato cakes. They're really nice. Or you could do potato and pea samosas. And um, there's recipes um, on bbcgoodfood.com, but the samosa dough is actually really easy to make. Um, and yeah, so a bit, a few spices, peas and potatoes. That's a classic samosa filling. Oh, delicious. I made um, a... Lebanese dish at the weekend which is where you cook them for quite a long time because normally I just throw um, peas into something like like pasta just at the last minute so just sort of defrost them and keep them fresh and and green and vibrant but it was nice to try something um nice to try something that that meant that the peas were cooked for a lot longer and they do change quite a lot like and it was really it was really interesting they go more like um, a chickpea or or a bean like they they you know that kind of heavier texture comes out which is quite nice actually yeah so, i mean pe- yeah. peas you know we tend you're right we tend to cook them quite quickly now but actually if you go onto the continent france and italy places like that you know peas that have been cooked for a longer time perhaps with some onion or something like that are far more common as a side dish um than you know just quickly blasted frozen peas so they're all still bright green yeah they're good in um fritters and things like that so sort of sweet corn fritters but sub out for frozen peas they're quite fun with a with an egg on top they're quite nice oh yes yeah. uh this person's got so i found a load of leftover chicken in my freezer what can i do with it chicken pie i would say <laughs> i think leftover chicken does best if you make it into something like a chicken pie there used to be a, a, a um I can't remember if was, I used to buy a chicken pie from someone. I cannot remember where it was from. Anyway, it was chicken in a kind of white sauce and it had broccoli in there as well. And it had a mashed potato topping. And I absolutely loved that when I was, um, I think I was a teenager. <laughs> oh, Quite fancy making nice. that actually. So comforting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would use chicken that had come out of the freezer in, in things like that. I mean, you can make it to a stew as well, but it, it really depends whether it's pieces or, you know, bits chopped up or whatever is that a sort of textural thing do you feel that you know it's going to lend itself better to that once it's been frozen or it's not so so much a textural thing as as what it looks like yeah you know i mean you can get stuff if you've got sort of i don't know cooked legs of chicken or something like that then you can defrost them and then you can put put them back in the oven and sort of re-roast them almost um but um if you've got pieces it's it's harder to make them you know look nice that sort of leads me on because this next question says, I, when I take sauces out of the freezer, there seems to be a lot of extra water in the food. Why is that? Uh, it's, there's not a lot of extra unless there's been a layer of um, ice crystals that have formed on top of the sauce. So it might be that the sauce has been frozen in a tub or something and it hasn't quite been cold and there's been condensation and then that's caused ice crystals to form on the inside of the tub, sort of on top of the sauce, if you see what I mean. So basically you're, that's yeah. the extra water. Or it's just when it's frozen, the water's separated out, so it just needs to be stirred back in. No, that's good. So if you make sure that things are cold before you freeze them. Make sure they're cold, but also make sure they're airtight 
things freeze yeah. much better if they're airtight i mean we were talking earlier about open freezing that's different because you're trying to freeze things down to keep them separate but otherwise if you put stuff in a container the more airtight it is the better it'll freeze but again you need to allow a little bit of room because of the expansion when freezing yeah you do notice that when you put a sort of bottle of milk in the freezer it sort of swells up yes yeah a bit, so you have to be a bit bit careful i think you suggested you take a bit of, if you're doing that with milk you take a bit out Is yeah that right? yeah because sometimes it would just you know break the bottle um <laughs> you know cause it to burst open but yeah you don't but you don't want too much air above something and also sometimes you get freezer burn and things like that basically when you buy things that are frozen they've been commercially frozen at very very sort of specific temperatures for specific amounts of time they've been frozen really well mm-hmm. when you freeze stuff at home you're at the mercy of what's in your freezer, what temperature your freezer is, how long it's going to take to freeze. You don't get the same outcome. So you just need to be a bit more sort of careful. That's why you don't, you know, when you go to a bar and you get those amazing clear frozen ice cubes, that's because they've had the wherewithal to freeze them in a specific way. Whereas when you freeze ice cubes at home, you usually get a sort of cloudy bit in the middle, but that's just because yeah. of, that's because the, the your freezing at home is not the same and it doesn't go at the same rate. The outside freezes first and then the middle freezes. Is it better if you've got more things in the freezer, basically? Yeah, um, yeah. Is that, does it work more efficiently? It does, yes. Um, unless technology's changed, it was certainly was the fact that, you know, the, your freezer will operate more efficiently if it has got things in it. Yeah. Rather than loads of empty space. Well, th- I mean, this is brilliant. Thank you so much for for all these answers and, and for these questions as well people sending them in to us on instagram and on our facebook bbc good food together that's our, our little facebook community page which is is wonderful is full of really great pictures of what everyone's making at home so do keep questions coming into us there and on our instagram live sessions we're also broadcasting them on facebook and over youtube um, so if you can follow us there um i think i've got time for one more so this one's how long can i keep fresh pesto and can i freeze it um it depends whether you've bought fresh pesto or made fresh pesto um i mean it's one of the and also you know how much oil there is in it so you can keep fresh pesto for a couple of days and it should be fine but then you know it, it starts to lose its fresh flavor doesn't it you can freeze it yes freeze it in ice cubes and then and then you'll be able to just take out as many as you want each time and again it'll probably when you defrost it it'll need stirring back together i mean i just feel so after talking to you i just feel really inspired to like actually prep stuff because i often just sort of make the decision oh, i'm going to do that and you end up starting every meal by you know making a pesto or, or chopping up an onion or something and it's just now i just want to get ahead and file file everything in my freezer <laughs> I make know. everything really well, organized yeah yeah i've given you the impression i have an organized freezer i have one drawer organized in my freezer <laughs> that's that's a star it's better than mine <laughs> yeah my meat library I want, <laughs> I want to see lots of photos of this labeled meat library that sounds amazing sort of merry condo your freezer well i know there's a lot of cheese in there as well at the moment too because um i've been buying whole whole bits of cheese um because of, of british cheesemongers who are you know basically trying to keep going at the moment because there's yeah. a bit of a british cheese crisis on so you can buy you know big bits of cheese at the moment from um the cheese makers so i bought a whole I don't know how to say it, actually. It's Baron Bigod or Bigod. Anyway, it's like a big breed-style cheese, which I then cut up into pieces and froze in sort of individual sections. So I'm working my way through that as well. So I've got a cheese library in there as well. A cheese library. That's... <laughs> 
stuff of dreams. Um, and how does that how does that fare in the freezer? Like when really you well. defrost, really? Yeah, in fact, okay. they so, tell you when when you when they, that that it's freezeable on the website. Yeah, and it, and it defrosts perfectly. It's amazing. Oh right, okay. Because I always worried because freezing does change the texture of stuff, and I just avoided freezing cheese just for fear that it was going to make it, you know, weird, and that I'd need to then just only use it in a sauce. Um, sometimes, well, it comes out a bit softer, but uh, yeah, I've always frozen um, cheeses like you know camembert and brie and think and you know things like that. Yeah, I think they freeze really well. So pop it in the freezer and then portion just it, it on the side it to defrost. Up, wrap it up tightly wax okay. paper or cheese papers or whatever you've got um and yeah and then, and then take it out when you want it brilliant i'm gonna start freezing i'm gonna freeze some cheese right after this I think. <laughs> <laughs> amazing okay and before you go um quick quickish fire um <laughs> your three reasons to be cheerful this week um three reasons to be cheerful um one is it's raining so um all the uh gardening gardens and everything um actually need a bit of water at the moment i think um certainly the farmers need a bit of water so that's one reason to be cheerful even though it's about rain um another reason to be cheerful is because um i think someone's just delivered some donuts (laughs) (laughs) and a third reason to be cheerful is aperol is back in the shops Yay! <laughs> Spritz o'clock. <laughs> well, that's that's absolutely brilliant. They're great reasons. Uh, the the rain thing. I think one of my friends was was saying they were really pleased it was raining, and I was really surprised because I've been sort of cheered on by the fact that it was quite sunny. I think that's really helped me. But then he made a really good point that if it's sunny, he feels bad that he can't go out in it because <laughs> we should. You know, we're all staying at home, and I think it's just. He was so. I'm hoping he's happy today because it's it's raining and you know he feels like you would normally be inside, so you can feel a bit more, a bit more normal. Yeah, yeah, I prefer it when it's sunny, but I just know it hasn't rained for a very long time. We had a really, yeah. really wet winter, and now we've had like a couple of months where it's been too dry, and the sunshine's been lovely. But you know, you really need a bit of even sunshine and rain in order to grow good crops. Yeah, wonderful. Well. Lulu, it's been so nice to have you back on the podcast and to talk freezers with you. I'm going to try and go and freeze some cheese and uh, fire my freezer and make it a little bit more organised and not just peas <laughs> and fish fingers. I love fish fingers. I love fish fingers. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast about fish fingers, I think. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And um, yeah, so you'll be on um, some of our live Q&As, 12.30, talking to people. Yes, I will. Brilliant. And where else can people find you? Because you're doing some guides too, aren't you? Uh, yes, I've been writing all sorts of guides for the website, um, where to find things and what to do with stuff in your store cupboards. Um, great. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, that's great stuff. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a really good rest of the week. Um, anyone else, if you want to get in touch with us and ask us some questions, please do uh, find us on social media. But if you're not on social media and you do want to send some questions in, please do feel free to email me. My email address is miriam.nice at immediate.co.uk. And if you just stick podcast in the subject bar, then I will know where it's come from and that the question is for this. And thank you very much. Bye. Bye. 
been listening to the BBC Good Food Essential Recipes podcast. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Acast or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. 